Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Always great to have you all tuned in and listening on the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm elated to be joined by a real artist. Carmen Beecher is a talented painter and illustrator. She grew up in a small town in Florida, and she has done it all. Book illustrations, comics, magazine covers, murals. She also wrote and illustrated a children's book, Dibble the Dragon. Recently, she collaborated with the great Bobby Braddock, one of country music's greatest songwriters who also writes books. They collaborated on the book Country Music's Greatest Lines. Lyrics, stories, and sketches from American classics. I'm holding it in my hands right now. Very interesting look at 81 classic country songs. Each page on the left is a little story, a description by Bobby Braddock. And then on the right, an illustration by our special guest, Carmen Beecher. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. It's an honor, and congratulations on such a great book. Thank you. We're enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about how this idea started. How did Bobby approach you about this book? He called me, and he said he had had an inspiration, a great idea. And then he described what he wanted in the book and asked if I wanted in. He said, I'd like to do a book about country music illustrated. He said, I'll an inside story about the song and have an illustration opposite that, illustrating that particular song as the illustrator. And I said, absolutely. It just sounded like a great idea to me and something I would want to read. <laughs> And um, so the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) We did it long distance. I live in Satellite Beach, Florida, just south of the Cape. And uh, Bobby's in Nashville, of course. So everything was done by phone and email. I have voluminous files on my computer of all the pictures and words that went back and forth before we finally finalize the book but it was fun so he would give you an idea about what you wanted and did you listen to the songs to kind of inspire you as well yes and most of the songs i knew but the ones i wasn't familiar with all i had to do was turn to alexa and now she's going to say something oh no she didn't (laughs) (laughs) and um, ask her to play the song And what a great handy thing that is. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of them that I didn't think I knew when I heard the melody. Yeah, I knew it. And it was just fun, the whole thing. He's got some of my favorites in there. Tell us about a couple of the ones that, as you said, were your favorites. Which, Which ones from this pile? Oh, I loved, always loved Sunday Morning Coming Down by Chris Christofferson. And um, 
we've got a couple of his songs in there. And illustrating it was challenging because it literally depicts the lines in the song. Johnny Cash is going down the street. There's a little boy kicking a can. There are people going to church. It's, you know, Chris set up the whole atmosphere for the song, and I just had to draw it. (laughs) Now, was there any that you discovered from illustrating this book that you weren't familiar with before that now you can say this is a favorite country song? Um, There was one by Tammy Wynette, and I've forgotten the name of it now, but it has a picture of all her husbands, and they're all sitting in frames. There were many of them, and um, that's a beautiful song that she sang with that to accompany that just beautiful and I wasn't familiar with it I've lived so many places in the world and not everywhere plays everything if you know what I mean I feel like I missed songs oh her song was till I get it right that's what it was okay beautiful so going into this project What did you think of country music? Were you a country music fan to begin with? Yes, I was. And it's funny because I've known Bobby over 60 years. And I was a military wife for over 20 years, so I was away. And Bobby and I were out of touch. And I would be living in Bermuda or the Azores, and listening to country music on the radio, and I would have no idea that it was written by Bobby. I knew he was a songwriter in Nashville, but I didn't realize that he had written some of my favorite songs. So, you know, things like, I would hear things like Golden Rings, and um, We're Not With The Jet Set, We're The Old Chevrolet Set, that that era of songs. And then my best friend, his cousin, told me a few songs he had written. And I said, my gosh, I had no idea. He would send demos. Some of them were so great and never got record, not picked up. But they would be just these perfect, great demos that I wish people could hear. <laughs> <laughs> and... We would play word games on the computer. I don't know how we had time for that, looking back. (laughs) But, yeah, that got us reacquainted. And then we went to his daughter's wedding. She's a lovely person. And Blake Shelton sang at the wedding. It was was fantastic. (laughs) So do you remember the first time that you met Bobby Braddock? golly. I know it was in Auburndale. I don't remember the specific first meeting, but um, my girlfriend and I would go to Auburndale, and he was never home. We'd ride around till we found him. It's a small town. And it was exactly like that show, Happy Days. I mean, that's exactly what it was like. And 
we'd find Bobby eventually. Then we'd ride around singing to the radio and telling jokes. I swear he knew a hundred jokes. And then we'd go to Bobby's house and we'd beg him to play piano. And after a while, he would. And it was unbelievable then. He was 17 years old. And uh, he he bought the record by Ray Charles, What'd I Say, when it first came out. And he took it home and learned it on the piano. And as a teenage girl, that was a thrill for me to hear. <laughs> yeah, he's been talented from the beginning. I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about you going back in your history as an illustrator and a painter. Where did the artistic expressions begin for you? Um, well, I was always the kid in class that could draw. And, you know, there's always somebody that they get to do the posters and all that kind of thing in school. And when I was 14, I got a set of oil paints and started painting. Didn't know what I was doing. and uh, But I just kept doing it. And when I was a military wife, I got a job with the government and started from the bottom and went through clerk, secretary, you know, and finally got into the graphic shop. And that's where I belonged. Eventually, I was in charge of that shop, and and uh, it was it was the greatest job. It really was. It was so much fun. Things do with the government. It had to go contract, and <laughs> so got a more lucrative job with the government. And then I retired. And. When I retired, I actually met artists. I didn't know artists when I was working with the government. And I got in with some artists locally. And, in fact, we formed a group of eight women. And we met every week. And we would be now if it weren't for the pandemic. So that really got me going. And then I decided to sell on the Internet, which I've been doing since. And, you know, some other things on the side, some magazine covers and um, visa cards and (laughs) all kinds of odd things. (laughs) I want to invite all of the listeners to check out some of the artwork. They can go to CarmenBeecher.com, CarmenBeecher.com, and there's really some beautiful work there. I'm curious to know, are there painters or illustrators who you would say have influenced you the most? Oh, golly. I heard you say to Bobby that the most underrated artists and comic book artists, and that is the pure truth. I was so glad to hear you say that. (laughs) Frazetta, who did graphic novels, and all those Marvel comics. That is an amazing study of anatomy, foreshortened figures at odd angles, and it's so difficult. And and they have deadlines, which makes it even worse. And um, Norman Rockwell, people used to say, oh, he's just an illustrator. Well, if you see his paintings in person, they're amazing. 
And also, he had deadlines. So, you know, no matter what methods he used, he had deadlines and had to get it out, and he did a beautiful job. So, yeah, those were big influences. Very interesting stuff. I'm curious to know, was there something that you learned about country music overall from doing this, or something that maybe you noticed about country music that you hadn't before? Hmm. Well, that's a tough one. I think there's been a lot of change from when Bobby started, for instance, and... I mean, the whole business has changed, but a lot. But technology has changed everything. And one of the main things, just knowing Bobby, is how difficult it is. I mean, a lot of people think I could write a country song, but no, you couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of work to it, and Bobby's a perfectionist. If he has a demo. It's going to be perfect, and there's probably no reason to change a thing in it. So that that has never changed for him. Bobby is somebody that the whole world knows his songs. There are people all around this, the world that know his songs, people who probably they don't speak a lot of English, but they know certain songs that he wrote. Yeah. I'm curious to know. This Hall of Fame songwriter, for somebody who doesn't know the man himself, how would you describe Bobby Braddock the guy? He's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Brilliant. He's a wordsmith. And, as I said, a perfectionist. And he's, I don't know, he's an original. (laughs) he's he's got a unique mind as you can tell when you look at songs like something to brag about or i want to talk about me (laughs) i mean who can come up with that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and all and he's still one of the funniest people i know which (laughs) i have a few top funniest people i know and he's right up there (laughs) (laughs) You know, it occurred to me when I was interviewing him the first time up in Nashville, face-to-face, I thought, having interviewed a good number of people, this is the kind of person, you don't have to talk to him about songwriting or music. You could talk to him about anything, and it would probably be pretty interesting. Absolutely. (laughs) He is a knowledge seeker. And he has a great memory, much better than mine. (laughs) And he never stops learning. He really does. So for anyone out there who picks up this book, Country Music's Greatest Lines, Lyrics, Stories, and Sketches from American Classics, is there something that you, the illustrator, Carmen Beecher, Is there something that you want them to get from the experience of reading and looking at this artwork? I want them to get joy. I want them to relive the music of their lives. 
And I think they'll do that. And when they read about how the songs were written, that just tops it off as far as I'm concerned. I hadn't really sat down and started just reading through the book in a while because, you know, we were putting it all together. And I had it in the doctor's office one day, and I started reading the stories, and I thought, this is really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And Bobby writes it well. (laughs) Just trying to look at it objectively, I'm really proud of it. As you should be. I think the number one thing that I get every time I have picked up the book, even if I'm just flipping through it for a moment, I always find myself thinking, I want to hear this song right now. <laughs> you yes. know? And that's cool, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's why it's so handy to have an echo sitting by you. <laughs> You can tell her to play it. (laughs) You've gotten to do some very cool things. Yes. Uh, Write a children's book yourself. Illustrate this book. Have people be moved by your artwork. Have people be intrigued by something that you've created. What is the best thing about being Carmen Beecher? Oh, wow. Um. Well, I look back at my life, the good and the bad, and I think, well, I came through it all. I survived it for a long time, and I've raised five children. I have a fantastic husband, and I really can't complain about anything. I've been very fortunate. And as far as Achieving what I wanted, that really came after I retired from the government and got to do all the art I wanted to do. And this book is sort of the crowning achievement of that. At the end of the second interview with Bobby, I asked him, what do you would say to anybody out there, anybody who's tuning in, in 2020 or in the future, whenever? And he gave such a great answer. But I wanted to ask you, and it's an open stage, or in your case, I guess, it's a a blank canvas. What would you say to anybody who is with us right now listening to this interview? I would say, hang on. Things are going to get better. It can't stay bad forever. And we'll come out of this, and I hope that, People will learn to be kind and compassionate. I hope our country someday is thought of as a leader, champions of the free world, and that we're a compassionate country, that we can live together and be truly a United States of America. And I hope I live long enough to see that happen. I like what you say about if we can walk out of 2020 and somehow or some way we are able to improve, even individually, to be more patient, to be more 
compassionate. We don't have to think of this year as a loss. Right. Right. I mean, we have a generation that hasn't suffered a lot. Right. The way people did in the Depression or did in World War II, they're not used to it. But people have it in them to withstand suffering. And there's just no use in whining. Just a waste. Yeah. You know, it just makes me think about, of course, nobody wants to suffer and nobody wants to go through pain. But my question here to you, Carmen Beecher, would there be country music without some tears? Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I watched the Ken Burns special, as I think everybody I know did, whether they were a country music fan or not. And the suffering that people went through in the beginning of country music. People were living in shacks. They had nothing. It was just terrible. And they wrote about it and sang about it. I mean, Dolly Parton had nothing. And she came along much later. But she never let anything slow her down. <laughs> <laughs> Even now. <laughs> Very true. Still still creating great music. Yeah, but I, I was shocked, actually, at some of the stars that started out with such horrible beginnings. It was, it was amazing. Well, Carmen Beecher, thank you so much for spending time with us. I want everyone out there to visit CarmenBeecher.com been a great pleasure to interview you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you talking to me. This is a new experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great evening. Thank you so much. I will. Thank right. you. Till next Bye. time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.